your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, May 3rd, 2021. Your boy Q here, as always, and it's official like a referee's whistle. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books. The Raiders have their players. They have the players they selected in the draft, and they also have a bunch of undrafted free agents, and then possibly some free agents to come. So we are here to talk all things Raiders, all things NFL draft, and just kind of break down how everything shook out. Before I get into today's episode and let you know how today's episode is going to go, I do want you to know it's being brought to you today by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Also, before I get into it, I want everyone to know, because I haven't really given an update lately on uh, Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas. He uh, was going through some serious major uh, medical health issues, and his wife was hitting me up with uh, messages letting me know how everything's going. I don't have the latest message in front of me, but just to let you know, he is doing great. He watched the whole NFL draft from his hospital room. Uh, you know, he had his eyes open and everything, and uh, he, he was saying hello to everybody. So uh, she hit me with a message just basically saying, hey, two thumbs up. God is good, and he is doing really, really good. So uh, continue prayers for him, but uh, sounds like he's doing He's doing great, like she mentioned. So I know a few people hit me up on Twitter. It's like, hey, man, how's Obi doing? So I just wanted to go ahead and give that update. Now, coming up on today's show, since we are talking about the NFL draft and the results of the draft, what I'm going to do throughout the course of this week, I'm going to do a get-to-know so-and-so. And what I mean by that is get to know the players that the Raiders selected from the first guy to the last guy, all the players that they selected. I'm not going to do this with all the undrafted free agents because there's a chance that a lot of those guys don't stick. Hell, there's a chance that some of the players that they drafted don't stick, but at least these guys are the ones that they drafted, so I really want to highlight them. So every day this week, I will be talking to somebody who covers the team that that player played for. So, for example, today is Alex Leatherwood, of course. He was a first-round draft pick out of Alabama. Had plenty of discussion about him on Friday's show. Some people appreciated the, the show on Friday. Some people didn't. Some people hit me up and was like, you were too negative. You're okay. Well, hey, look, I was being honest. I was being honest about the situation, which is something I promise you, Raider Nation, I will always do. Good, bad, or ugly, I will always be honest. So if me being honest about a player is negative, then that's what it is. If I think that it's a great pick, I'll tell you it's a great pick. I'll I'll just, one thing I'll tell you, I'll never do, I'll never toe the company line. I'm never just going to say it's a great move because the Raiders did it. You know what I mean? And so that's that's my thing. I'm always going to keep it real. And what I mean by that is how I feel. My gut feeling has nothing to do with what Daniel Jeremiah says, has nothing to do with what Mel Kuyper Jr. says, has nothing to do with any of those cats. It has to do with what I feel in my gut, which is what I've done since day one of this podcast, and I'll continue to do it until the last time I do this podcast. So, I mean, it's just it's just who I am. I'll always tell you the truth of how I feel, regardless, good, bad, or ugly. So just know that that's what you're going to get. You're going to get me all the time. So with that being said, obviously today we'll focus in on Alex Leatherwood, the first-round draft pick out of Alabama. Uh, but coming up in segment number three will be calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Of course, the number 707-654-4693. Depending on the length of the show, I don't know how many I'll get in today because my conversation in segment number two is going to be a little bit longer than most times, so it might not be able to get as many calls and texts in, but we'll do some at least in segment number three. Segment number two, I talked about my conversation 
Nation, uh, Luke Robinson. He's the host of Locked On Bama. He's going to join me to talk all things Alex Leatherwood. He was the number 17 overall pick for the Raiders in round one. But Luke will also talk about Kenyon Drake. He'll also talk about Josh Jacobs. He'll also talk about Henry Ruggs. Just all the Alabama guys that the Raiders currently have on the roster. So a little bit longer conversation you'll hear in segment number two. And then here in segment number one, just kind of news and notes. And really, it's just going to be like a recap of what happened, what the Raiders, uh, who the Raiders drafted, and then who they signed, as well as undrafted free agents and a couple notes as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. So first of all, let's go ahead and just recap the draft. Uh, the Raiders ended up with seven players total. Uh, first round draft pick, number 17 overall, offensive tackle, Alex Leatherwood, Alabama. We already talked about that pick uh, a lot on Friday. Number 43 overall, safety, Trayvon Merrick out of TCU. This was a pick that really shocked me. I was shocked, first of all, that Trayvon Merrick was still there at 43, but the Raiders traded up from 48, traded with the 49ers to get to 43 and was able to get Merrick. I thought that that was really good value. Uh, I thought that that was a player that could go in the first round excited about what he could do on the back end of that Gus Bradley defense. That is a dude who is a ball hawk. So he's going to be out there. He'll be playing center field. That'll allow Jonathan Abram to come up and play in the box where he's probably a lot more comfortable. And it starts to show you what or show you how this secondary can really kind of start to take shape. I just think it was kind of funny that, you know, Merrick went at number 43. He went in the second round to the Raiders, and then Leatherwood went in the first round, where a lot of people had it vice versa. They had it switched around, where it'd be Merrick in the first round and Leatherwood in the second round. It's funny, Daniel Jeremiah was actually talking to Mike Mayock after the draft had wrapped up on Saturday, and he had said, hey, I had Merrick and Lynn Leatherwood. You guys went and got Leatherwood and Merrick, so it doesn't really matter. You got both the players that, you know, are, are considered really, really good players, uh, just was in reverse order, and, you know, that's when Mike Mayock said, hey, you know, we, we knew that we were going to catch hell for it. And we talked about this on Friday. We knew we were going to catch hell for that pick, but we didn't care. We went and got the guy that we coveted. And then they even talked about potentially trading back up into round one to get Merrick at the end. And they, they ultimately didn't. And I still found a way to get him in the second round. So I thought that that was really cool. In round three, number 79 overall, the Raiders selected defensive end Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. This guy is a pass rush specialist. At least that's what he's going to be asked to be. He'll be a situational pass rusher. You'll probably see him in there on third and long. Uh, he'll be able to be part of a nice rotation with Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, and, and everyone else that they have that's going to be able to get after the quarterback. Uh, again, a, a guy who's not going to get a lot of snaps, but I do expect him to get in there, and, and he has a knack to get to the quarterback. So that's a good thing because the Raiders could use as many pass rushers as possible. So the Raiders picked him up at number 79 overall overall out of Buffalo. Then they had the very next pick as well, number 80, safety Divine Diablo is who they picked out of Virginia Tech, and he's going to actually drop down and play weak side linebacker for the Raiders. That's something that he did at the Senior Bowl, and uh, that was the very first time ever in his career that he did that was at the Senior Bowl, and it started to show that he can do that, and apparently Gus Bradley and, and uh, also the linebackers coach for the Raiders were saying, hey, that is our starting weak side linebacker right there. Like He's very, very excited about Divine Diablo. He's going to have to really work to get onto the field, obviously, I mean, and have to learn that position as well. Uh, that's one of those position changes, but it should be not that difficult of a position change. A lot of safeties uh, end up being a weak side linebacker or turn into a linebacker in general, and it's really starting to go to that, you know, positionless type player, similar to Isaiah Simmons, where it's a guy that you really don't know exactly what role he's going to play on the team, but you know that he's a heck of a player and he needs to get on the field. So I think Devon Diablo, they might have picked him a little bit high at number 80, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to have an opportunity to get onto the field. 
Uh, at number 143, this was also a trade-up, safety Tyree Gillespie, uh, safety out of Missouri. This is a guy that, uh, you know, he'll probably be a special teams ace uh, immediately, uh, but he's going to also provide a little bit of competition at that back end. And there's one thing about this is there was three safeties selected by the Raiders. So do you think that they're satisfied with their safety play that they've been getting over the past couple seasons? I don't think so. I think Jonathan Abram is on notice. I think a lot of guys in the secondary are on notice. I think Gus Bradley's came in and said, hey, this guy's good, this guy's good. No, I need more here. I need more there. And that's fine. I like the competition. I like the fact that they're bringing this, these guys in to compete. And uh, Gillespie's a, a, a guy that he said that he kind of uh, molds his game after Cam Chancellor. So uh, that's, again, going back to the, the Legion of Boom, the Cam Chancellor and, and Earl Thomas. Who's going to be the Cam Chancellor? Well, Tyree Gillespie believes he could be that guy. Right now, Jonathan Abram is that guy. But if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, and all of a sudden, if he's out there and he's making plays like he did in 2020, and the Raiders aren't happy with him, they feel like there's a guy there that they can go ahead and, and bring in, slide in, you know, and of course they went and signed uh, Carl Joseph, re-signed him as a, as a free agent, so he's there as, as depth as well, but Tyree will start out with some special teams work and then uh, try to compete for that strong safety position. Next up, pick 167, another safety, Nate Hobbs out of Illinois. And this is a guy who is supposed to be a slot corner. They're going to use him as a slot corner. Of course, Amik Robertson, who was drafted just a year ago, that's a role that he's supposed to be playing as well. And we all know that the slot corner has been a tough position for the Raiders to man, right? Uh, I mean, they had they had LaMarcus Joyner that they tried to do that with. Amik Robertson has tried to do that. I mean, there's multiple guys that have tried to play that role, and they haven't figured it out yet. Not saying Nate Hobbs is going to get that spot, but he's a guy that's going to compete for that spot, and, and that's what how they plan on playing him is as a slot corner. And then they rounded out their draft picks with number 230 overall, center Jimmy Morrissey out of pit. Uh, and look, if you notice, only two offensive guys were drafted, both on the offensive line, number 17 overall, their first pick, and then number 230 overall, their last pick. And Jimmy Morrissey is a guy who just works his tail off. He was a, a walk-on at one point and uh, found his way to be a captain on the squad. And I mean, just a guy that everyone at Pitt really, really loves, and they, they kind of look for the next Jimmy Morrissey so maybe a guy that could compete maybe a guy that can make the practice squad and, and stick around the Raiders for a little while of course there's a new center there now with uh, Andre James and Nick Martin is there as well uh, as a free agent that they signed but Jimmy Morrissey might be a guy that makes the practice squad or or who knows maybe he uh, he unseats Martin during training camp but at the very least he'll be some competition also I'll go through the undrafted free agent signing so far and this is not saying that this is all of them there because there could be uh, a lot more to come there could be a few more to come that uh, haven't been noted yet but I'll just go through these kind of quickly. Uh, Darius Stills, defensive tackle out of West Virginia. He was signed as an undrafted free agent. I'm actually pretty excited about that. He was a big-time player at West Virginia. Dylan Stoner, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. Same as Stills. He was a big-time player at Oklahoma State. Every time Oklahoma State game was on, you always heard Stoner with the catch. Stoner with the catch. Stoner with the catch. I don't know how he always gets open, but he always gets open. So uh, kind of look for him in training camp, see what he could bring to the table. Uh, then there was Garrett Groshek, uh, running back out of Wisconsin. I probably said his name wrong, but he was signed as an undrafted free agent. Max Richardson, linebacker out of Boston College. He was signed as an undrafted free agent. Devery Hamilton, offensive tackle out of Duke. Trey Ragus, or Ragus, running back out of Louisiana. He was signed. DJ Turner, wide receiver from Pitt, who was originally from Maryland, but transferred to Pitt. And then TJ Morrison, defensive back out of Stony Brook. That rounds it out as of right now. Not saying that it's complete. The list is not 100% complete. There could be some signing or I've already signed, depending on what time you're listening to this. And before we get into segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, I had a couple nuggets that I wanted to pass along from over the weekend. And one is from Jim Nagy. He's a senior bowl director. 
director. He does really, really good work. Uh, he put out a tweet saying, and a lot of you have actually tweeted this at me. I think, I guess you thought it was going to make me change my mind on Alex Leatherwood, but uh, he put out this tweet, says, some context on Raiders' decision to take Alex Leatherwood with number 17 pick. Media crushed them, but Leatherwood was going to go in the first round. Spoke to multiple teams picking in the 20 to 32 range that had Leatherwood in round one. Most don't agree with the pick, but it wasn't a reach. So that was from Jim Nagy, Senior Bowl Director, and I respect him. I respect the hell out of him. He's a he's a very good talent evaluator, been around the game for a very, very long time. Doesn't mean that I have to change my mind and say that I think that they picked him too high. I will go to my grave and think that they picked him too high, but again, doesn't really matter. Uh, and then Benjamin Albright, he kind of doubled down and quote tweeted him and said, uh, he's 100% right. The Ravens were going to pick him for sure in round one. Well, the thing about that is the Ravens picked at number 27, and Minnesota won to trade with the Raiders and Minnesota had picked number 23. So in theory, and of course, hindsight is 2020. It's easy to say now. The Raiders could have moved back to 23, still got their guy, and got at least a little bit extra capital. I don't know what the pick was. I know Mike Mayock said he didn't like the, the draft uh, value for whatever they were trying to trade with and possibly lose their guy. And of course, you'd have to worry about that. But they were moving up to go get Christian Derisaw, in my opinion. They were going up to get Christian Derisaw, who they eventually got anyway. So again, hindsight is 2020. It is what it is. Uh, also, Bill Williamson had this tweet tweet out there saying that Casey Hayward was signing with the Raiders. He had done this, put this tweet out and said, hey, uh, free agent defensive back Casey Hayward has signed with the Raiders. But then he quickly deleted it. And the thing about it is, I quote tweeted and said, I like this signing a lot. And then he quote tweeted me and said, hey, this is not my reporting he said, hi, folks, this is not my report. This has not happened. There was some sort of glitch. Sorry for any confusion, but I did not report this. But it came out on his Twitter, and he had a story connected to it. So I don't know about no glitch. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't supposed to put it out already. It just seems a little fishy that it came out on his Twitter account, and it had a story connected to it saying that Casey Hayward had signed with the Raiders. So either way you look at it, it's not done deal yet, but it feels like it's something that's probably going to happen pretty soon, and maybe he just had the story ready and just pulled the trigger on it a little too soon. I don't know. Or maybe it really was a glitch, but you know how that goes. I just, I it just, it's funny to me. So either way, Casey Hayward is a guy that the Raiders were, you know, looking at and saying that they were going to make a decision on after the draft, but apparently it has not been done yet. Um, and then today is the day, the deadline for the fifth year options to be exercised on the 2018 first round draft picks. And for the Raiders, that's Colton Miller, but he had his contract extended already. So uh, three years, $54 million. Uh, he was the only 2018 first round pick to be extended. And he was the only first round pick that the Raiders had uh, in 2018. So they don't have to worry about the fifth year option because they already gave him a contract extension. But at this same time next year, the Raiders are going to have to make a decision on Clee Farrell. Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram. Right now, I see one out of those three guys getting their fifth-year option picked up. Not saying that they're not going to keep them around longer, but so far, I, I see one guy out of the three getting that fifth-year option picked up, and that's Josh Jacobs. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. News and notes collected kind of over the weekend. Uh, coming up in segment number two, Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Bama. He'll join me talking all things Alex Leatherwood, talk some Henry Ruggs, talk some Josh Jacobs, some Kenyon Drake. All that's coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, and the first one is Nugenics. Raider fans, listen up, because Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and it's offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. You want to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T? Text DRAFT to 231 231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by testosterone, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. 
Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total Tea is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad even says, she'll like it too. So if you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It's because it works. I also wanted to tell you about betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full effect. You can track all the action at betonline.ag. Of course, the NFL draft just got wrapped up. The Kentucky Derby just got wrapped up. All kind of stuff's going on. NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, all that you can keep track of all at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, head on over to betonline.ag on your on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the game as your team prepares for the run to the playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two is coming up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into this series that I'm going to do all week long. Get to know player. And the player is going to be whatever round player that was that they were selected. So I'm going to go through all the Raiders draft picks that they had, all the draft picks, not the undrafted free agent, but just the draft picks, and talk to a beat writer or talk to someone who covers that team and covers that player who can give you a little bit more insight to who exactly the Raiders are getting as they selected them. So today we're going to start off with... Locked on Bama host Luke Robinson as he talks all things Alex Leatherwood. And then in this conversation that you're about to hear, we also talk some Josh Jacobs. We also talk some Kenyon Drake, talk some uh, Henry Ruggs and just kind of how to use him. So really fun conversation with Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. Talking right now with Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. And, and Luke wanted to get you on to talk about the Raiders first round draft pick, Alex Leatherwood. And before we get into that, I mean, it kind of feels like me and you, this is a tradition each and every year. We've talked Josh Jacobs. We talked Henry Ruggs. Now we're talking Alex Leatherwood. So he was the starting left tackle for the Crimson Tide. And, and in Vegas, Mike Mayock said he's going to be the starting right tackle. Uh, what are your thoughts on Leatherwood as he switches over to the right side for the Raiders? You know, I think, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. But secondly, um, when Alex Leatherwood was signed, and he was signed in a pretty phenomenal class for Alabama uh, back in, I think that was 17, um, I was convinced Alex Leatherwood would end up being the highest drafted player, uh, e- even over a lot of other dudes who have been drafted since then. And um, I-, I just thought Leatherwood had the most pro potential. Well, as you know, we get through uh, – his years at Bama and some other guys mature a little bit more perhaps and uh, develop a little bit more. Obviously that didn't come to fruition. uh, But I still thought uh, Alex Leatherwood was a late first to mid second type of guy. Uh, I was a little surprised that the Raiders went with him at at 17. I was a little bit surprised about that. Um, I thought that was, uh, you know, not necessarily a reach, but I thought it was a little high for at least where I had him projected and where everybody else seemed to have him projected. But, you know, one thing I've learned about the NFL, and I, that, that's the beauty of not having a, a fan, not being a fan of a team in the NFL necessarily, is I can look at it a little bit more objectively. 
And I think what I've learned is that if you uh, identify the guy you want, right. it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks in terms of, okay, you've, you could have had him four picks later or 10 picks later or whatever. Um, you need to go get the guy you want and then sink or swim with that. And, um, the, the Raiders went and got him. And I, I think there's a definite connection between Gruden and Saban in the sense that I think Gruden trusts the Alabama program, obviously. I mean, they not only have they drafted three Alabama guys in the first round in a row, but they've also gone out and signed Kenyon Drake. Yeah. So, I think that uh, he certainly trusts the program, and that says a lot. And look, Leatherwood's going to be a good pro. Don't don't get it twisted at all. I mean, Leatherwood's going to be a very good pro. Um, I, I just, I guess, I look at it from a value standpoint. I think there is some validity to the fact that some people believe, okay, you could have had him. You know, you could have traded maybe and gotten him eight or ten spots later or whatever. Right, and that's probably true. But, you know, what if somebody else trades up ahead of you and gets him? And if you've identified him, then I think you should go get him. And I do believe Alex Leatherwood will be a, a good starting offensive lineman for the Raiders for quite some time. You know, that was my biggest thing. I talked about it, and the word value is what I use. I say, hey, at 17, I think that they could have traded back with, I think Minnesota was a team that was supposed to, or was trying to trade up to from 23 to 17. I thought, I think you could trade back to 23, get them, and then also get another pick on top of that, and then you're feeling really good about yourself. But again, I mean, it's it's here or there. It is what it is. I mean, it, it, it's happened, you know? So again, I, I think the biggest key is what you said is that he's going to be a really good pro, and that's kind of what I've been harping on. I don't think that he's a great player, but I think he's a good player. And, and one of the things about Alex that everyone's been talking about, and as I watch Alabama a lot myself, really, really good run blocker, and he's very versatile. Would you kind of say that those are his biggest strengths? Yeah, I, I do believe those are his biggest strengths. And, and to piggyback on a little bit more on what we're talking about, look, what if the Raiders uh, – go out and get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, now maybe that's a pipe <laughs> dream, but, but Aaron Rodgers did mention the Raiders right. being a destination he'd like to go to. And I, I'm not trying to throw shade at Carr, but what if, what if they go get him? And then all of a sudden you, you've already got the weapons, unlike green Bay who refuses to give uh, Aaron Rodgers like bona fide superstars. I mean, Devonte right. Adams, notwithstanding, um, I think that the Raiders already have a lot of dudes. So what if you're going to get Aaron Rodgers? Then what do you do? Well, you want to make sure he's protected. And if you want to make sure he's protected, I think it's it's certainly arguable that that Alex Leatherwood was the best lineman on the board at the time. I mean, it's it's certainly debatable. Right. It's not it's not hands down, but it's certainly a valid argument. How how would you say he is as far as pass protection? Oh, I think he's a very good at pass protection for sure. Um, now. Here's the catch, just like all Alabama guys, right? Because there's so much talent everywhere, maybe everybody looks a little bit better. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Because if you're if your center and your guard are excellent, then your tackle is going to look better too. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and if your tight end's a good blocker, I mean, all of a sudden you don't have to be at your peak performance. But now, if you want to spin it another way, I would also argue that Alabama gets everybody's best shot. You know, everybody, mm -hmm. Alabama's always got a target on their back. And this past year, Alex Leatherwood, just like everybody else for Alabama, played an entire SEC schedule. The only two SEC teams they did not play were Vandy and South Carolina, who were the two worst teams in the league. And then they go on and play Notre Dame and Ohio State, who have plenty of NFL talent in their own right. So I would, you know, in that offensive line, won the uh, Joe Moore Award. And, of course, Alex Leatherwood was a award winner in his own right. right. So I feel like 
you know, there, there are a couple of ways to look at that. I, I think Alex Leatherwood, again, is very good at pass protection. I think he's even better uh, as a run blocker. And one of the knocks on on him or something that I saw that kind of not a red flag, but just is, a, is something to be a little concerned about is that over the last couple seasons, he's had about 17 penalties called against him. Was that just is that kind of overblown or is that just kind of part of his game? Um, I think that's going to be kind of part of his game. And I also think that um, I, I think it's a little bit overblown. I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. And, and I, you know, Cam Robinson, who has been with the Jaguars for a long time, was uh, a high draft pick out of Alabama, too, at the same position. Um, he also was known for a lot of uh, false starts and various penalties. So I, I, I think sometimes it may just come with the uh, – the position at play in at Alabama, because maybe now the false starts are usually pretty obvious, right? But I think, you know, as a football fan, if you want to call holding, you can call holding. Yeah. And I do believe that every now and again, uh, it, it doesn't help Alabama that they're usually playing so well. And maybe the blocks are so good that you, that the official may say, Hey, I, that that has to be holding. Nobody blocks that well. So maybe, maybe, uh, because the other side is also true where Alabama, ironically, uh, gets called for the least amount of holds against them, meaning their defensive line never uh, is the recipient of a holding uh, penalty. Right. So it, it's kind of weird how that is, but, um, you know, maybe that's part of it. I, I, I don't think Alex Leatherwood is, I wouldn't call him penalty prone if that's what you're working okay. about. Okay. Yeah, no, that's definitely, especially, especially with the Raiders who are, are, are prone to get penalties called against them all the time. So, you know, you know that's true. <laughs> hey, but I think that's, that's a great point because, you know, I think that also goes with the Raiders. I mean, they do sort of have more of a, um, you know, let it ride attitude. Right. But they, but I think the officials, they, they always seem to have an extra eye on the Raiders. And I, I have no dog in the hunt, right. but when you watch the Raiders play, it does seem like, uh, on a, they get penalties in a game where if the same, uh, thing happened, the Patriots versus the chiefs, right. you, they may not be a penalty, you know? Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. Spot on. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Talking right now with uh, Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Bama, talking all things Alex Leatherwood as he was the first pick in the 2021 draft for the Raiders at number 17 overall. And one of the things that I caught from Alex's uh, media session that he had immediately after being picked is that he said that he really worked on his leadership skills from one year to the next. He really wanted to grow and make everyone around him better. Did you see that? Did you see that growth from Alex as far as a leader? Okay, I did but it probably wasn't quite as noticeable because you look around that particular team and you've got Mac Jones who, you know, bided his time. Yeah. Um, and he, he had certainly become a leader. Then you've got Devonte Smith, who was just the, the quiet leader that everybody followed that will never be outworked. Then you had uh, Dylan Moses who had come back from all these various injuries and he was a leader. Patrick Sertan, yeah. uh, a dude who, who comes from NFL lineage. He was a leader. So I think this team had so many leaders. It's kind of hard to say, okay, Alex Leatherwood stood out above the rest, but I do believe that he he um, certainly took on a leadership role. He and Landon Dickerson, by the way, Landon Dickerson, who ended up going to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And I think both of those dudes uh, really stepped their game up. And again, it showed because Alabama was so dominant throughout the year. 
Yeah, they were. They were awesome. And I mean, that nobody was beating Alabama. So, I mean, it was just, they were just that stinking good. And I just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned uh, Kenyon Drake coming over as a free agent from the Cardinals, now teaming up with Josh Jacobs in that backfield. What do you think about that? What do you think about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake in the both in, in, both in the same backfield? Oh, God, man. I, I mean, I literally get chills thinking about it. It is fantastic. Look, Kenyon Drake made, if it weren't for second and 26, Alabama against Georgia, Tua to Devontae Smith, you know, both as true freshmen in the 2018 championship game. Um, I would say that the uh, championship game, which took place in 2016 between Alabama and uh, Clemson, when Kenyon Drake returns the kickoff all the way, would go down as maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest play in Alabama history. It was unbelievable i happen to be there for both of them and i'm telling you you got the same feeling both times and uh Kenyon drake to me has was criminally underused with miami i don't know why miami gave up on him frankly i, th- I thought that that was insane and then uh, he goes to arizona and things are going pretty well and he gets a little banged up last year i know but boy i really i, I have all the faith in the world in Kenyon drake I, I think this is a dude I, I do and he's got so much speed and quickness uh he's got a great he had a bit of an attitude problem at first at alabama i think but he he really came around and um man i think y'all got a steal in that guy and then to pair him up with josh jacobs who just runs hungry i mean right. this is a guy who obviously dealt with some homelessness he, you know slept in his car for uh, a period of time uh back when he was younger he had a, he had a lot of issues and then he just works and works and works and works his way to a scholarship at Alabama where he arguably became the best running back on a team full of good running backs. And then he's uh, now he's still playing uh, for the Raiders and, and he's kicking butt. I think Josh Jacobs is great, too. But that one two combination is unbelievable to me. And I, both of them are great pass catchers as well. Uh, if you want to see another thing to get you excited about Kenyon Drake. Check out Alabama, Florida, 2015, where they lined Kenyon Drake up wide and immediately a linebacker is matched up on him. Blake Sim notices it and he just takes off on a fly pattern. And it's, you know, Kenyon Drake makes it's a great pass at the same time. It's a heck of a catch for a running back to catch that kind of ball going deep. Uh, early in the ball game when nobody's warmed up yet, it, it it'll get you fired up. I'm telling you, y'all are gonna love Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I I am. I mean, hey, I'm already sold. I was sold the minute that he signed on the dotted line. I think Jacobs and Drake in the backfield are gonna be great, kind of one and one a. Or you know, it's just it's you don't take you don't have a starter not on the field at all times. I mean, there's always a a really good player on the field at all times. So uh, that's gonna be exciting. My final question for you is about last year's first round draft pick, Henry Ruggs. He wasn't used a whole lot his rookie year. Only had 26 catches, a couple touchdowns, but he did have a good, you know, average per catch, but just wasn't used a whole lot, and I kept saying, man, go back to look at the Alabama film and how they used Henry Ruggs, how they just got him the ball in multiple different ways. What do you think the Raiders need to do to get Ruggs more involved in his in his second year with the team? Well, I think the first thing they need to do is they've done it, is they've gone out and got another running back to uh, sort of help keep the focus on the running game too. Cause look, if you ever get Henry Ruggs in a one-on-one situation, it's over. Right. I mean, people can't keep up with him. And uh, I think th- it's so funny to me because the Raiders are known for just throwing it deep, throwing it deep. And it felt like they never threw it deep to Ruggs to me. I mean, now I don't get to watch him as much as you, right. I don't get to watch every play like you do. But when I did see some of their games, um, it just, I was like, man, you just, 
got to let you got to uncork it to rucks and let let the rough end drag because this is a guy that's an incredible athlete. He's got speed to burn um, and he fights for the ball. It's not like he's just fast. Right. He will fight you for the ball. And um, I did notice last year. I think it was the game what at Kansas City when Henry yeah. Ruggs had two touchdowns maybe and he had a, he had a couple of big plays. Yeah, a couple big um, plays. I, yep. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – look, you're not going to have that game from a wide receiver every game, but I think that's what you need to expect more out of him and need to um, try to get more out of him. But you you got to get him involved, even if it's on a bubble screen, just to get him in the game, get his mindset right, because you know how it is. If you're a wide receiver and you're out you're, – you're spread out and you're not, they're not throwing you the ball – professional or not, it's probably pretty easy to get lost in the moment and sort of lose your focus. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep guys like him involved. And I think that once you do, man, you've got some big play dudes. Now I'm telling you, uh, especially Drake and and rugs, those guys are like 90 yard touchdown dudes waiting to happen. You just got to give them a chance. Yeah. I'm excited, man. You got me fired up. Let's get to the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey man, I'm so glad we're going to have like, like fans there. Right. I, I can't wait to go to a Raiders game. I mean, I've been dying to do that. And so, uh, I was actually in, uh, I saw the stadium up close and personal, uh, not too long ago. Nice. And I'm like, wow, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come here and go to that game. And now you got so many Alabama dudes. I gotta do it. There you go. There you go. Make it a work expense and then uh you got to hit me up man we got to link up and uh i'm down i'm down with it all right my man hey well uh, what you got coming up on the podcast this week i'm sure it's a lot of draft heavy conversation just about all the dudes that uh, are are playing in on the professional level now yeah you know and one thing uh, obviously we'll talk a lot about the draft picks and who's going to be next and um i mean i'm telling you alabama's got some dudes coming up uh coming down the pike i should say that are going to be really really high draft picks there's no doubt but uh one thing Jimmy Stein and I are going to be doing is we're probably going to start looking back at some old games. We did a segment a while back, just sort of looking, uh, reflecting on old iron bowls and, and nice. talking about where we were and, and, you know, were we at the game and what the atmosphere was like. And so we might do that with some LSU games and Georgia games, et cetera, et cetera, because he and I have been to a lot of Alabama games and there's nothing like SEC atmosphere for a big game. I mean, the NFL is great and I love going to NFL games, but Man, you go to an SEC game that means something between an Alabama and a Georgia, and it, it'll it'll make your hair stand up. So um, we we love thinking about old moments like that, and that's you know we're in the South, we don't have as much to do as y'all do, so we like to talk about <laughs> old football games. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, man, great stuff as always. I appreciate you. Uh, you guys keep on doing a great job on the podcast, and uh, I'll keep turning them out on my side. But like I said, uh, every time I get a chance to catch up with you, it's always great. So I really appreciate you. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. All right, Raider Nation, there it was. Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama, talking all things Alex Leatherwood. And you hear the good, you hear the bad, uh, you hear what uh, Luke thinks about Alex Leatherwood and, and how he can really fit in with the Raiders. And also some glowing remarks about Kenyon Drake. And, and then you heard him talk about how he thinks that the Raiders should use Henry Ruggs to get him more involved. And, and that was one of the keys, is get him more involved early. He's one of those guys that you have to make sure he's involved in early in the game or else he kind of loses focus. So uh, if he's one of those kind of guys, get him the ball early and often I feel like and really get him into the rhythm of the game but again that's for them to figure out and them to work out I'm sure they will coming up in segment number three uh, a couple calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 before I get into that though I do want to tell you about Built Bar and you know the deal already, Raider Nation. I've been talking about Built Bar for a long time. Really good taste and protein bar. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, carrot cake. Those are just a few of the flavors that they have. You got to go 
to the website, BuiltBar.com, and check them out because, man, they have the OG flavors, which is some of the ones I was telling you right there. And then they have a bunch of new ones that they've already introduced, and you could just kind of pick and choose what you like. But the, the, the base is the same. They're all covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious man or woman. You can lose or maintain weight while you're enjoying a delicious treat. Uh, not only that, the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Again, you just got to check it out for yourself, BuiltBar.com. Uh, you can mix and match whatever boxes you want. You know, if you want a, a couple different flavors, you can get those. Or maybe if you just have one go-to that you really, really like, you can do that as well. While you're on the website and you're choosing your, your bars, when you're ready to check out, make sure you use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll save 15% off your order just like that. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. A couple calls and texts real quick. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, the number 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Northland Raider. He says, hey Q, what's up Raider Nation? It's Northland Raider here. It's been a while since I texted into the show. Just wanted to give you and listeners my opinion of the draft. Just like everybody else, I was a bit confused by our first-round pick. But before I go on hating or loving the pick, I'm going to at least wait on it a year or two and see how it pans out. I didn't like the Colton Miller pick at first, but we all know how that turned out. As for the result of the draft, I think the picks were spot-on and most can contribute right away on situational downs and special teams. But there's two guys I want to talk about in depth. First, Devon Diablo, our outside linebacker. I see him as a guy who'll play like a Jeremiah Wusu koromoa but as a better tackler. The reason he wasn't picked higher is because he'll have to learn a new position from safety to linebacker. Even though he played quite a bit up in the box, he'll have a chance to learn from Morrow, Littleton, and Gus Bradley. I believe we'll see more of him at the end of the year on situational downs or right away on special teams. Next is undrafted free agent running back Trey Raggis, and I don't really know how to say his name. I think I probably said it wrong. I wish you would uh, correct me on how to say that. I didn't know much about him as I didn't think a running back was a real need, but after watching his highlight video and seeing the title of the video, Beast Mode Jr., I really love this signing. I do see some beast mode in his game. Great strength and balance. He's hard to bring down. Arm tackles will not bring him down. I can see him being our goal line running back. A problem we had last year is getting into the end zone in the red zone. He's going to be my guy. I'm rooting for him to make the 53. Thanks, Q, for letting fans have a voice. I appreciate you and hard work. Hopefully soon I'll be listening to you on ESPN Las Vegas again. That is from Northland Raider. And I definitely appreciate the the text, my man. And, and yeah, I mean, of course, the Alex Leatherwood thing, again, is not a bad player. I was just like you, shocked by that they picked him at 17, think they could have done some things, could have done some moving and shaking, but that's neither here nor there. I think Devon Diablo is going to have an opportunity to contribute. Like you said, uh, he's going to have to learn a, a new position, but he seems like he's got the skill trait uh, and, and the the – work ethic to make that happen. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that as well. As far as Trey goes, uh, one, again, I don't know how to say his last name, and I don't really know a whole lot about him, but we'll see what happens with him because, you know, being an undrafted free agent is tough to make the team, but it's not impossible. You know, Jalen Richard made it uh, on a three-day – all he did is have a three-day uh, workout with the Raiders, a, a little mini camp one time in uh, Alameda, and he made the team. And look how long he's been there. So doesn't mean that he can't make the team just because he was undrafted free agent. It's just that the running back room is kind of thick right now. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he's a practice squad guy, and maybe he's a contributor on special teams. Who knows? But thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Percy calling out of Houston, Texas. He's calling in to talk all things draft from the first round to the seventh round, sharing his thoughts. Here he is, Percy from Houston. Hey, Q. Hey, what's up, man? It's your boy Percy down in Houston, man. Uh, wow, crazy draft. Uh, we went from the lows on the Alex Leatherhead pick to the highs of 
you know, I think we bounced back pretty good. I got a fairly decent grade, um, probably not from the national media, but uh, I really think that we uh, solidified some needs that we've been having, especially with our safety position. Uh, I just hope one thing, with the, especially with Bradley, man, that we let these guys play their position. You know, I don't want to have the same um, incidents as we had with, like, LaMarcus Joyner. So I felt like they totally mismanaged him, he, him playing him in the slot instead of letting him play safety. But uh, just on a note, last note, man, um, I, I think that uh, Abram, is uh, he's on notice right now, man. I think that drafting safeties, multiple safeties in this draft is, you know, should be a wake-up call for him. Hopefully, hopefully it is. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, and um, one more thing, man, I was so happy that the Broncos passed on Justin Fields because I was like, man, I, I was really hoping, really hoping that they would do what they exactly would do what I thought they would do and pass on him because I was like, man, if they take him, I'm like, man, we might be screwed for years to come, but. Hey, man, take care. Percy, thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. And I'm with you on the Broncos passing on fields. That was great. I just knew that they were going to take Justin Fields, but they didn't. So I think that that was, that was great, even though they did get Patrick Sertain, who is a baller. But uh, I'd much rather the Raiders have to go up against Patrick Sertain than Justin Fields, and him ended up being a really, really good quarterback. Um, now, as far as the Raiders and the dudes that they drafted, I mean, they, they drafted some dudes to compete. You know, Abram is going to have to prove a lot this year, like you mentioned. Uh, hopefully, Brad Bradley has a great plan with him. Uh, they're going to move him down into the box. He's going to be able to play that Cam Chancellor role, like we saw from, uh, you know, the Legion of Boom. Earl Thomas was playing that that uh, back-end center fielder, and then Cam Chancellor was playing up by the line of scrimmage. That'll be Jonathan Abram. We'll actually be able to see that, and I think Abram will be a lot more comfortable. Now, he's got to do a better job than what he's been doing, but he'll be a little more, lot more comfortable, I do believe. So, uh, that should be a, a positive. And they are moving a few guys, you know, say Safety Diablo, he's switching to weak side linebacker. And, of course, Leatherwood is going to go from left tackle to right tackle. But on paper, I think those guys should probably be able to, you know, make that move, you know. And uh, Diablo, Kuntz, Hobb, you know, those guys are all going to be able to compete and and contribute in some way uh, early on as long as they, you know, are doing what they're supposed to do and, and make the roster. But, yeah, I do think that they can contribute. And I think that you got some good football players. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see exactly how that all shakes out. But I do think that the, the team improved over the course of the weekend for sure, especially the defense. Next up, I got a text from Rob in SoCal. I said, yo, Q, what up? Want to talk about the run on offensive linemen at the top of the second round. We had a shot at Leatherwood, Darisaw, or Jenkins if we were dead set on upgrading the offensive line in round one. I'm glad we took our top-rated tackle at 17 because four of the remaining O-linemen were taken before Vegas was set to pick at 48. Is it possible Leatherwood have been there at 48? Sure, but I'd rather have Leatherwood at 17 than Sam Cosme at 48. If he pans out, we'll have a tackle on a rookie deal for a, a year longer, too. I think we should trust that Leatherwood graded out higher than Darisaw or Jenkins in the first round and be happy we traded up for our boy Merrick. Yeah, there was definitely a run on tackles at the top of the second round, no doubt about that. Uh, and, you know, and maybe maybe Leatherwood wouldn't have been there at 48, or maybe he wouldn't have been there and they traded up to 43 like they did to get Merrick, but maybe he wouldn't have been there at 43. Maybe that wasn't a, a real deal possibility. But what I'll say is that I do believe that Minnesota wanted to trade up with the Raiders from 23, and he would have been there at 23 because they ultimately went with Darisaw, unless they went with Leatherwood. I mean, again, hindsight's 2020. I've said it a few times. They could have possibly wanted Leatherwood as well at, uh, at, at 17. They, could, they wanted to trade up to go get him. I don't think that they did. I think that they really wanted Christian Darisaw, who they ultimately ended up getting, uh, and then the Raiders could have got an extra pick. But again, I mean, hindsight's 2020. Merrick, we all thought, was a first-round guy. He goes in a second. We all thought, or at least I thought, excuse me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
Leatherwood was the second round guy. He goes in the first. So, I mean, whatever. It's reverse order. They still got both guys that they wanted. So it really doesn't matter. Um, I'll always believe that they could have traded back and still got him and got an extra pick. But again, it doesn't matter. The draft is over. They didn't do it. And they got some quality players. And it looks like they came out of the draft uh, pretty pretty good, looking pretty good. So I'm fine with it. It's not, it's not a big deal. Uh, it was a big deal at the time because I didn't feel like the value was correct for Leatherwood at 17. But it all ended up working out in the wash. So, I mean, that's ultimately all that matters, right? So you're right. You get an extra year uh, on his rookie deal as well to get that fifth year option. So, uh, so be it. it. It is what it is. But thank you so much for that text. I definitely appreciate you. So that's all I got time for on today's show. Segment number two and actually segment one went a little bit long as well. So I uh, don't really have a whole lot of time for calls and texts, but I'll get back at it tomorrow with some more. And uh, we'll also do part two of our uh, get to know, and it'll be Trayvon Merrick, second round draft pick for the Raiders out of TCU. And so Steven Simcox, who is, believe it or not, you won't believe this, he's actually my co-host on the radio station, on the radio show that I do, Unnecessary Roughness on Fox Sports Central Texas. He's actually the co-host of my show, he does uh, Locked On TCU. He's a TCU alum. I mean, it's just like everything just aligned perfectly. So Steven Simcox is going to join the show tomorrow to talk all things Trayvon Merrick. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll have more uh, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So got a loaded show for you all week long. Like I said, I'm going to do the uh, get to know and then that player in whatever round they got drafted in. So uh, tomorrow up next will be Trayvon Merrick, safety out of TCU. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe. Uh, do what you got to do. You know, take care of your family, but most importantly, as always, just win, baby.